This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Punch and Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another intermission episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam, hoping that there's snacks at this uh, intermission. (laughs) At this intervention? Oh, well, must have been a Freudian slip. I think I need help. Oh, no. I'm not sure what I need help with. Probably eating. That's probably. Nah. Yeah, sir. You're really good at that. No, yeah, uh, true. <laughs> I am good at that. Uh, not as appreciated of a skill as you might think. Hey, um, how many people get like awesome Food Network shows now? Like, I mean, there's literally shows called like Man versus Food and all that stuff. And those guys look like they are having an all right time. Just yeah, saying. food definitely loses against me. Like, it, I don't understand. It, it doesn't do a good job. Um, I I do heart me some some tasty grub. That's some tasty grub. I mean, that's what life's about, man. It's just yeah, it's, getting from meal to meal, really. Yeah, that's my I philosophy, mean, anyway. I mean, if really, if you don't somehow get from one meal to the next, um, you, yeah, you die. That is, yeah, you bite it. That is problems. You don't bite problems. it as. The, uh, as the case may be as the case may be that was very good yeah (laughs) or pretty good it was fine it's fine (laughs) how you doing man i am so tired i want to go to bed like the moment we're gonna we get off this recording i'm just gonna like pass out well hopefully we can (laughs) we can get your get your brain juices flowing a little bit before then you and everyone has everything that's left so you get 100% of whatever quantity that is. No promises that that's a lot. But you do get 100%. Hey, you know, I'll take it. 80% of the time works 100% of the time. 60% of the time works every time. <laughs> oh, something, man. Something like that. You know, that that movie, Anchorman. <laughs> Anchorman. Oh. Which I probably butchered oh. the quote. Um, the when paul rudd was showing off his colognes and he had this super special one that's like illegal in like 39 yeah or something sex panther sex panther yeah (laughs) the little little panther head pops up out of the fake grass base (laughs) of this thing and it's like (laughs) (laughs) so so dumb um i pungent I went, uh, I've been doing a lot of house shopping Ooh. and have pretty much, we have, no, we not even pretty much. We have decided upon a home. We have, wow. we have figured it out. We're putting down uh, 1% in the next couple of days, uh, to basically claim it. There you go. Um, and then we'll, 
will follow up with 10 and so on and so forth. Is that is that what they call escrow? I've, yeah, I've always, yeah, so, something like that. They, um, real estate uses it, it, it's basically like that. licking it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, mine, mine. Uh, it's yeah. a new build, and it won't be ready until uh, April. It'll be oh. built around that time. So you guys are going to be the first ones living in that. Yeah, house. we're going to be the first ones. Ooh, look at you, fancy. I know it is fancy. I'm very. I have not been in a two-story house since I was like eight. Ooh, you coming up? I'm coming literally up literally and figuratively. I want you to know that I worked hard to try to find a balcony. Uh, oh, we we might oh. need to add one. Uh, I don't think this one had one. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that it had I know. one. We'll there just get one. ladders and sit on the roof. There was one that was like popping, man. This had like a beautiful, beautiful balcony and everything about it was, was just great. Uh, they just, wanted you to like sell them your firstborn or something. Yeah, they wanted another 100000 or two above what <laughs> I was going to do, um, which... Uh, I mean, they didn't ask for anything unreasonable. It's just definitely going to live a little more modestly than that. They just asked for something I ain't got. <laughs> so I'm excited to transform the loft because I will have a loft in that house. I'm, I'm excited Ooh. to transform that into Dungeons and Dragons Central, you know, and have all my minis set up at a place and oh, just kind of keep rad. them there. And, you know, when Andrew comes over, we'll have a little room for him. I'm ready right. to go. I like so, room for me. Yeah, man. You'll even have a little half bath down there just for you. All and right. And I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. So, you know, I only need half a bath. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I want to build it out a little bit more. So it's like much more of a guest room. But I, I am trying to, to be hospitable, let's say, and have people yeah. over have some Dungeons and Dragons, have some barbecue, uh, do some fire pit time, have a oh, yeah. have a scotch on the balcony. That's really living, right? That's show is. That's what we want to do. So I, I fully I'm very much looking that. forward to that. But you know what I'm looking forward to more than anything? What's that? Getting that? rid of things. You know? Oh just, man, that you you wanna you got to get your Marie Kondo on and just yeah. I want to like your face off. Exactly. I want to think, not even think. Just you know, curse out items and throw them in the garbage. You know, don't do that. They'll come back. <laughs> They'll, come, They'll back. come back and with vengeance. Be revenge like, of the brave little toaster. Like do you do you remember seeing um, do you remember seeing Dogma back in the day? I, I never watched it. No. Oh man, I never saw it. There's this great scene where, um, you know, spoilers for Dogma, which is a but here we go, like twenty years, twenty years old or whatever. It's been a while. Um, but there's some uh, two of the characters are angels that are uh, kind of on their own mission, and uh, one of them is the old uh, angel of death, and. He's kind of on his own thing, and they're on this like, um, you know, this this mission to to you know set things in order at least in in a way that they uh, think is right. And I mean, 
you know, all this is taken with a heavy grain of salt because it's, you know, it's a Kevin Smith, Jay and Silent Bob based movie. So there are shenanigans aplenty, but they find some of these um, these big wigs in a in like a McDonald's or a pseudo McDonald's corporation. They bust into their boardroom and start taking every single one of them to task and you know, basically calling out all of their sins and stuff. And they're like, oh, you think just because you donate to charity, you're something special and all that stuff. You're fine. <laughs> Your soul is wrecked. Your soul is wrecked. Your soul is wrecked. <laughs> and there's this one, there's this one lady in there who's on the board and she's actually good. They look at her. They're like, you're all right. And they like, look at the rest of them. And they just start going to town. <laughs> Tearing back into them. And yeah. midway through, one of them, one of the angels sneezes, and they just go about their business after the fact. And once everything is done, and it's a complete mess, this lady's sitting there going, oh, my gosh. My... And one of them walks up to her and goes, you know, you got nothing to worry about. You're fine. You're, oh, but wait, when I sneezed. You didn't say God bless you. And he puts like a desert eagle to her forehead. <laughs> and the other one's like, whoa, 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 man. Just like, let her go. Let her go. It's fine. And I was like, whoa, that, that escalated very, very quickly. But yeah, that's a, that's, you should go watch that movie. That's I feel like terrible. I don't need to now. I feel like you, you did the whole thing. Yeah. So. That's, that's, that's where the buddy Christ came from. Um, it's I'm a, surprised you watched this and I haven't. That's funny. It it's a it's a classic. That Why have one, you seen the sacrilegious movie? You know, and and I missed it. It's, That's what it's, I want to know. It's got some it's got some things that that speak to me. You know, I see, I see. Um, plus, you know, seeing you know the whole trope of like angels wreaking vengeance and stuff like that. the The idea of angels portrayed as like these cute chubby little babies that just like flutter around and stuff never really mm -hmm. did it for mm -hmm. me and when i was growing up um i had a an art mentor um at church and he would do these illustrations of you know how he envisioned angels and they were always like super freaking impressive i remember um one of my favorite illustrations that he did his name is bob crumb um, he did one that was all in pencil and the focal point was like kind of, uh, pulled back and aimed down at this like kilted knight who had his helmet, like kind of pushed up so you could see his face. It was kind of resting on, back on his head. Um, and he just kind of had his elbows on his knees and he's sitting in front of this campfire and it's a nighttime scene, so the light of this picture is very focused on the campfire, so it draws your eye. But when you pull back, you can see in the background filling the frame behind him is the is this huge angel with these gigantic wings whose back is to this knight who's just like looks like he's extremely weary and worn. And behind the angel, there are all these, like, nasties flying around in the air, like skulls with wings and, like, all this crazy, crazy stuff. It's a really, 
really kind of wild, very impressive um, piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that kind of thing always inspired the heck out of me. And um, so when I when I get to see you know badass angels doing badass stuff, you know whether they're the good guys or the bad guys, that's that's always um, that strikes a chord with me for sure. I uh, I drew a cat this week. That's also good. <laughs> I think you have a topic for us this time, don't you? You were mentioning that. I think you have something. Was I? Uh, I thought you mentioned that when we were talking about. If not, I had something in the pocket just in case. Oh, I I actually did not. I just thought that we were gonna do s- chat about something tonight because we did have a little scheduling oh, yeah. goof. Um, you know, those of you who have been keeping up with the show recently, we are in the middle of a special kind of longer series, uh, or mini series, uh, where we take a look at the fate RPG system, uh, that is, um, being run for us by Mr. Robert Hans. And we are also joined by, uh, Tiana Hansen. Um, but like I said, we had a little bit of a scheduling goof. For our last recording session, so we are doing mm-hmm. a little interim uh, recording tonight. In the meantime, so y'all, you know, can uh, still go to sleep to the sound of our dulcet tones. Uh, yeah, and and they are. And so let's talk about the most dulcet subject that uh, I can think of. Yeah, uh, which is death. Man, you really just <laughs> went for it there. Death. All right. Um, death is cool. Uh, it, it does my, await us all with nasty, pointy teeth. There is only one fate. Um, so what I want, the actual topic is uh, stop dying. <laughs> mm. um, so I've been, uh, I do a lot of esports coaching, Um And this week I had the opportunity to have one of my old students come in and work with my team a little bit. And he's a lot better at the game than I am. Um, He was, he was a very high rank before he even left high school. He, he hit diamond during that time, uh, which is like top 1%. And um, he, then he, he won a scholarship. He went on to play for Grand Canyon university Oh, and, uh, did he, yeah. did he turn that into anything or? Oh, no, he's a psychology kind of... major, <laughs> oh. you know, uh, esports like many sports, but, um, there, there's a certain subset of sports that you will age out of very quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like the best player ever faker from Korea, he was like 16 at his, oh. at his peak. Right. And so, you know, of course, none of almost none of them are going to be 16 by the time they're they're in college. But for the collegiate leagues, they're going to do just fine. Right. They're going to do great. Mm. And so um, he had just so many great insights for my team. And he was able to see things that, you know, frankly, I'm a little too scrubby to see. Right. Mm. And so. We're playing the the video playback of the last match, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he's scrolling to uh, every time someone dies, one of one of our team dies, right? So, mm-hmm. so this is not it's not exactly a highlight reel, sure. and he's pausing and scrubbing and and going back and forth and talking about the the the, the decisions made, 
and what was wrong. And because a lot of times we come out of these games and we go, oh, I, I would have won except so-and-so. I would have won except the game's unbalanced, right? I would have won. Would have, should have. Would have, could have, should have. It's never my fault, right? right? And if at some point you do come to the point where you go, you know, I think it is my fault. A lot of people just fold at that point, right? They just yeah. go, well, maybe it's not for me. I'm going to move on. Maybe they just quit. Maybe they just get frustrated. Maybe Elden Ring comes out. You know, a number of that, things. Yeah. That'll, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll get, it'll yeah. get you. That'll get you. Right. And so, and other people, they have, they get really frustrated and they could go, well, I, I, I'm not progressing, um, but I'm not going to go through the work required to do anything about it. So I'm just going to stay in my rank for like years. Mm. Right. So I'll just stay here and I'll just blame everything else. I'll, I'll flame my teammates and chat and I'll complain to riot and I'll get chat banned on occasion. Right. Or uh, there's other people and they go, what did I do wrong? The only thing I can control is me. They watch a the video. They go, here's where I screwed up. Regardless of where, whatever else happened this game, because it very well may, may be that someone on your team gets upset and they decide to just run into the enemy turrets. That happens. Oh, right? sure. They just decide, you know what? I'm having a bad time. So you're all going to have a bad time. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing you can do about that. So, but you can still say, you know, I missed the skill shot right here. You know, this guy was already stunned and I layered a stun right on top of him and it wasted seconds of CC, mm. you know, stuff like that. Um, so in, in role-playing games, uh, we do a couple of things when, when things aren't, uh, going well, uh, we blame the game system because mm. we can always, because it's neutral, right? I mean, assuming like Jeremy Crawford's not in the room with you, right. Or whoever designed whatever game you're playing, sure. you know, the, <laughs> you can always go, well, you know, what can you say? You know, the, the, the most powerful monster in the book is a wolf, you know? Early level pack tactics, you know, what can you do? Boom. Uh, this guy had power word kill, you know, it sucks. Sucks to suck. Right. And then we could do other things. We could blame each other. I don't see that as often, which is nice. I think it's because at, in at most least cases, not we, out loud, at least not out loud. Right. Yeah. There could be some quiet discontent. Usually the worst thing you're going to get is no one says anything. Right. That that uncomfortable silence is uh, unpleasant. Speaks volumes. It does. It does. It means everyone's pissed and everybody yeah. eats their pizza in silence. So, and to, to be very clear for anyone at home, pizza eaten in silence is unpleasant. Pizza in itself is fine. But, you know, pizza shared around a good time and like good conversation that. That's good pizza. Pizza had around sullen, cranky nerds. No bueno. No me gusta. So um, other things we can do is go, oh, man, I suck. Oh, well, ha, ha, ha. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, well, your character's important. They're important to a couple of things. They're important to uh, the makeup of our combat system, but they're also important to our narrative that we're we're telling, I, I actually don't like it when a player takes a death like it's nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want them to cry. I don't want them to, like, 
get really upset. Like, well, at least they care. Like, no. But at the same time, like, I don't want them to go, okay, whatever. I have another character sheet, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, glad you were invested. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's not so good. Um, players trying to kill themselves because uh, they would like to play something else. I gonna uh, lie. I've done that way, <laughs> way back. Not what, for a long not time. Recently. But there, there, there was, there was that one time. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see definitely less of that from people. Um, I don't see that too often, but I was going to say, is that, but on occasion, run into frequently? Uh, a lot of times newer, like brand new players, like students and stuff, younger people. Sometimes yeah, you just, see this, um, you know, it's their, it's their way of, getting that getting that heavy respec yeah yeah um now so there's are there are times as a gm where you want to kill a player but that's not really what we're talking about right um what i what i want to talk about is how do we stop dying and um well that's really it how do we stop dying how do we help our friends not die and what can we do better next time mm-hmm. okay so it's a bit of a tactics question uh, it, which we've talked about a few times before on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me ask you this question, Andrew. Okay. Um, what are the events that often lead to the unintentional death of a character? The event? Yeah, um, decisions made. What happened? Usually there is, well, I I feel like very often... It isn't. It isn't usually a single thing. Usually, it's a it's a mix of at least a few things, um, and I feel like one is a lack of coordination. Okay, so coordination. Yeah, the, the lack of coordination can lead to it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, a a failure to assess or appropriately appreciate all of the present threats. So a a distinct lack of awareness. Yeah. So like at at least of the things that you can be aware of, because they're, you know, frequently, especially if it's like a big set piece sort of thing, there might be some sneaky hidden things and stuff like that. But um, generally I, you know, how many times have we seen people go down because they didn't pay they attention, didn't quite appreciate that they were standing in the fire as, uh, as, as a lot of, um, as we would say in the wow days as, yeah, as wow had, had taught us, right? Cause most of the raid mechanics really were dumbed down into don't stand in fire. Yeah, uh, which is why literally everyone wanted to play ranged DPS and made it hard to queue up. Otherwise, um, anyway, not that I'm complaining, not that I'm complaining, but I digress, uh, but I digress. And now in that game, you die a lot in D&D, like death doesn't usually come up too often, I guess, unless you're playing like Tomb of Annihilation, right? Um, Unconsciousness comes up a lot. Oh yeah, that comes up a lot, right. and that's also important to try to prevent. Pre-death. But I would, I would argue, and I, I actually hope they kind of change this for one D and D. I don't know if they will or not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little too easy to save each other. Right. And I think that that yeah. makes players a little bit uh, too reckless because like mm. we want them to be bold and we don't want them to overanalyze every every situation. But we also don't want them to like disrespect the game. Right. Like a lot of advice for like theory crafting and like min maxing and stuff basically says the opposite of what you would do in WoW, right? Like in WoW, if you're a healer, you're like constantly topping off people, right? You don't even want them to get close to dead. Okay. In D and D it's like inefficient to do that. Right. Yeah. Like you go ahead and just let them get KO'd. Then you cast healing word and they're good. And you can do that with a bonus action. Yeah. Um, I think I'm get like I might even ban healing word honestly, mm. um, because a bonus action you are no longer dying at range is uh, to me it's like anti dramatic right? Yeah. I want like I like or cure anti-climactic. wounds. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. I, I I like cure wounds because you have to get up to them. It's an action. There's cost, right? Yeah. Like dying sucks. Um, yeah. And then you, you get down to the death saving throws. I like death saving throws as an idea because it creates a sense of drama, right? Yeah. It also it, gives well, the it, other players the opportunity to intervene. I mean, it cr- really, it creates a timer, right? You know, it, it throws a, you know, a shot clock up there where it's like okay if you can't manage to get over here and deal with this in what is now a pretty well-defined amount of time you someone in your party is done by the way you know your your table hates you when you just lay there for the three three rounds Mm. and everybody's just casting attack spells at the bad guys you know, like mm. it's like really nobody had a bonus action available. Nobody could make a DC ten medicine check or whatever. Well, for for me that that kind of thing that's that's always a spot where I kind of find myself bouncing back and forth a little bit because because of the the whole um, you know the best defense is a good offense kind of. Uh, school of thought where basically it's like an enemy that is at one hit point can hit you just as hard as an enemy who's at full health. So you want to try to burn the bad guys down as fast as you can because if assuming you can, if you assu- can get them down, yeah. then you're then you're mitigating or hopefully completely eliminating the threat and i think in those situations like well, you're sure. talking about i think i think the what i would imagine the general thought processes of those groups who just keep firing on the bad guy instead of going to get their buddy up is if you yeah. don't do this then that We're guy gonna is going to stay up and yeah, then i got it yeah yeah, yeah. so the yeah, I, I, the situation I'm talking about, it's very clear that the opportunity is there, let's say. Mm. And so, like, also, we don't always know the HP of the of the bad guy, right? Most DMs don't give that information. 
Right. Uh, most DMs might say he looks badly injured. He looks near death. That sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so if they say near death and everybody's like piling on, uh, you know, that, that, yeah, sure. Right. Right. But like when they're like, if there's no just, indication that you're if there's no indication, point, yeah. And like, if you're your right buddy. there nearby and you're a cleric, you make eye contact with the other player and then you turn and you move 30 feet in the opposite direction. And cast a, a thundering smite. I feel like the message is sent. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I think what you're saying to that player is, I'm actually totally fine if your character dies, which is kind of mean. But I'm, I am I don't want it so much that I'll actually ask you to leave the table. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe you can take this hint and do better. <laughs> you know, or maybe I just hate confrontation. That's the other possibility yeah. i i mean we've played with people like that where it was like everyone at the table kind of like i don't have a good reason to dislike you but like if you left that'd be great <laughs> you know? and that's like that's the worst attitude ever but yeah it's a thing that i think we we see at tables sometimes you know i i do i i always try to give people the benefit of the doubt uh yeah i know like I know for like for myself when when I was I you know people longtime listeners of the show know that I don't typically go in for caster style characters including cleric usually the spell lists are you know it, it can be a big mental load for me mm-hmm. um, so when I was learning to play cleric. I, I definitely know that I had some times where I ought to have healed, but instead went to try to deal damage instead. Oh, um, yeah. And some people and, gave you a hard time for that. And and for me, like it, you know, after the fact, some some of the folks who had been down were a bit upset for pretty much the same reasons you're talking about. They feel they felt like I had kind of dropped the ball and failed to do my job, Mm -hmm, which, mm -hmm. you know, from their perspective, that's exactly what it looked like where for me, I just, I misjudged what, how I could be most effective. I think that was, yeah, I think that's true, but also uh, that was also a lot earlier in fifth editions life. And I think that there were just some assumptions about the game that were incorrect, right? Like fifth edition, and I don't mean incorrect on your part, but mm-hmm. on their part to expect you to be a heel bot, right? Because like mm-hmm. they all got done playing World of Warcraft and then they came over here and they're like, why isn't the cleric healing? Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, let's look at it. For one spell slot, you can heal 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier in damage. And if you spec as a life cleric, you get another two at, at the level that you get it. Right. Mm. And so <laughs> like, it's not really asking you to do this. Right. Right. What do you mean? He'll botting. He has three spell slots. You know, like, what do you want? Yeah. This, this, uh, <laughs> this is not what he's for. Right. And like, they kind of know, like most players don't necessarily want to, uh, only play support. 
now I do wish that they would provide more options to, in fact, do that exact thing. Cause I actually kind of like that kind of play style. Right. Um, I, cause you know, you never fail on a buff. <laughs> you know, right. it's gotta, I cast bless hundred percent accuracy rating, you know? Right. I cannot be stopped. Um, I like that kind of thing. But yeah, 5th edition doesn't really want you to heal bot. It only wants you really kind of to heal when somebody's going to die. Yeah. So, which I, which I get. And I'm, and I like that. I just don't like healing word. And, you know, for that matter, this is where a lot of people have some problems with Goodberry. But at least in the case of Goodberry, you still got to like get over there and put it in their mouth. Right. Yeah. So like, that's something, that's something. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, the, the, the main point is not really to talk about how to make death more interesting. I think we're really more trying to talk about how do we prevent it? So one of the problems that you mentioned in the beginning was coordination, right? And then you also mentioned a lack of sort of situational awareness. And this is something that I think especially hits a lot of online groups where we can't really control what people are doing. And so, like if you sat around the table and everyone had their phone out, you'd say something, right? You'd be like, oh, "Hey yeah. guys, um, it's easier but, but, to make sure that everybody is actually focused on the game, right?" And to be fair, there's a lot more for them to focus on in person. Yeah, right. That's true. There's a lot more right here, 3D space stimulus, all that good stuff. Um, it, it's too easy to not pay attention on roll twenty, right? And yeah. so, like, how many times have you seen someone? you know, cast a buff and then someone breaks it. Right. Or yeah, I put a debuff on an enemy and the breaking trigger is damaging them. And And then the barbarian who wasn't paying attention, he's like checking out his phone or whatever. And then comes up to their turn. Who do they attack? Yep. (laughs) You know, and it's like, Oh, well they're awake now. And everyone's like, what are you doing? He's like, what? That's how you hit people with swords. That's what I do. It's like, dude, you need to you need to pay attention, man. That cost me a spell yeah. slot, and he happened to to fail it, right? Yeah, like that was that's that, not easy. That would have worked great had you not done what you did. Like what I did was clutch, and you just broke it immediately. Yeah, and that sucks, you know. So that's, I guess, tip number one: actually pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> Pay yeah. attention to buffs. If you got lost, at, you know, you can you can point at the target and, and see if that's a good idea, right? Yeah. And you can do that in character. Shall I strike the snake man? Nay, for I have CC'd him with hypnotic pattern, idiot. You know, <laughs> no, I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> ah, Barely South buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Ah, yes. I like to hear that. Yes. Attacks. Okay. So we had, that's, uh, that's teamwork. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think the, um, something else just popped into my head is like a, a third, um, reason that I think folks okay. wind up getting themselves killed and we can just yeah. tack this onto the list. And yeah. that's, overestimating your own capabilities absolutely like oh i'm sure i could take it oh i can't take it that happened to me recently as a player 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where I was like, dude, we're freaking godlike. Uh oh. <laughs> and we we immediately get captured. It was like it was like on on the beat. <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. like I was pretty upset at the time, but you know, looking back, it's kinda of funny. <laughs> That's um, how that isn't that what they say? Uh, comedy is tragedy plus time. Plus time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Look yeah, how that's, dumb we were. <laughs> an, another thing I would add to that it, that's kind of related is what I like to call anime protagonist syndrome. Oh boy, where you have you have the real time event, the cutscene in your head, you know, yeah. and so what do you do? You teleport to the back line, right? You know, you, you teleport behind them, and then you do your your, your attack. Cool. Uh, you got to remember, you know, you're dealing out, like, what, 15 damage at your level? Mm-hmm. And the average bad guy's got, like, 35? Okay, so you hit him. You did a good job, but now you're completely out of position. Yep. Right? I run 30 feet forward. I cast Misty Step behind him, and I do an attack. Hey, man, that's awesome. Unfortunately, there's eight characters between you and your party now. And you attack the main wizard. Well, what is everyone else here to do? It's protect that guy. Let's get it. Let's get him. Right. So good job. You got the wizard down to half. Now you're oh, dead. Oh, no. Right. Yep. There's, yep. A, there's a certain disrespect or at the very least disregard. For your fellow players in this case, because you're just like, well, I got this. It's like, well, I don't know if you know this, but the game's actually not really designed for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, most things can can take a hit or two. Yeah, it's pretty rare past like level one that you see a one shot of anything. Yeah, right. Unless you know, apart from like you know, minions that are deliberately put there to do just that. Right, to to pop like balloons so the players feel awesome. Like, fair enough, right? But a lot of times we can get into solo mode. Uh, Rogues do this all the time, right? Oh, yeah. And it's kind of understandable because especially if you pick like the assassin class, like, it's kind of encouraged. Some of them are literally built around that idea. Right, and that's not always a bad idea, but I think that in a lot of cases we just, we might want that fantasy so bad that we're willing to do it in a bad situation right. as opposed to like, okay, I definitely know that this character is isolated and my party's literally rooting for me to nail this. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's use the mechanics. Fantastic. Right. But uh, sometimes we, yeah. Teleports behind you. I think, I think that kind of comes down to, um, or, or goes back to the situational awareness idea too because if you know a player who looks at that situation should come away with some sort of assessment of Mm -hmm. the obstacle that they're looking at if they see that wizard and he is isolated you know you you consider what you feel is reasonable to expect from your own output and what's reasonable to expect from a wizard you sneak up on and attack. Like, what have we learned that wizards can do in a pinch? How much 
damage do I think this guy can actually sustain before I knock him out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. What can I dish out? You know, can I maybe apply a status effect, you know, stun him or some something to put him out of commission, you know? All right. So, you know, your limits, you know what you're up against, like, so and, and know what's reasonable to expect of your own capabilities. You know, try to think a few moves ahead. If I blank, then they will probably blank it yeah. to which I will respond with blank. If you yes. have that in your head, you're in a nice spot. You're thinking the right way. Mm-hmm. You should also probably be role playing out battle communication, right? Like you should be, you know, hopefully as in character as you can, like, especially in longer fights, this tends to break down and people kind of like just go, hey, man, you should step three squares that way and then basically aim at the wall and it shouldn't hit anybody. Right. And we sit there and we measure and we take all this time. It's like, well, fair enough. I mean, it is a war game. So that's expected. Yeah. Well, and I mean, once you're two or three hours into a fight, you know, it's, it can, People get a little it, it can be out. hard to keep, to keep the RP going when, you know, it really can be everyone's. Yeah. Especially if I'm not keeping it up on my end as a GM, right? Like if I start joking around or if I start just saying, man, 32 damage, good job. And I, I do that. Right. I'm mm-hmm. aware that I do that. Uh, I did it last night, right? I was like, oh, man, I should really be hamming it up on this character, like, way more. I just was having a difficult time summoning that. Yeah. And so we got a few few lines in, but... that It happens, though, too. Right? Yeah, it happens. You know, no, Nobody out there should be overly hard on yourself, you know, for that sort of thing, too. You just you do your best. I had the voice mod going, and of course, I always do the thing where I forget that it's on, and I start giving regular commands as GM. You, you did, you did the opposite last night. Oh, did I really? The voice mod didn't. I didn't hear voice mod once. Oh, really? When <laughs> when you when you were doing Moloch, oh. it was just you talking like this. Oh my god. There was no voice mod. Oh my I forgot <laughs> that. Oh my god. <laughs> I had no idea. I feel like I should have said something. There oh was even a moment god. last night where I was like, did he think he said that in voice mod? But we just kind of motored on past oh, it no. before I could say anything. And I I did I, I did voice mod the week prior though, right? Yeah, you did. Okay. Oh so I was God. like, oh, maybe, maybe you just didn't want to, or maybe, you, ch- you know, I know nope, I was turning it on and off. Oh, man. But I, f- I forgot to, um, <laughs> I forgot to set my mic to voice mod in discord. Oh, that's what like happened. right away. I'm like, no, I know what I did wrong. Oh, dude. Well, sorry. sorry. <laughs> so Moloch, you know, had a downgrade from the week prior, I guess. I was like, all uh, right, you know, Adam wants to do some raw voice acting, you know. All right, good on him. Good. Uh, which, you know, everyone got it and everyone was like, whatever. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, what they were really m- much more interested in was 
we get to kill Moloch. Yeah. You know, that part's cool. And you guys did. Congratulations. You guys um, basically erased him from existence. Oh, man. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, I Quick, quick aside uh, relating to that. When Moloch died, basically his form disintegrated and uh, left behind basically this little moat of fire floating in the air and his whip fell on the ground. What did you expect us to do? Oh, exactly what you did. Okay. I was like, I was like. No, I was I, I was under no we impression because Spike wasn't playing. Right. So uh, if if Spike's playing, he's keeping it. No doubt. Right. <laughs> he's going to turn that into power. He wants he wants to do the interesting thing. Let's say uh, he doesn't mind being the final boss of a campaign mm. Um, that the, for, for uh, everybody else. I was like, no, they're not going to go for it. And so. It was cool. You guys made the, the final decision to to end him. And so he's initially killed by power word kill, which is pretty metal. I and I got to say, I have never seen. I don't think I've ever seen a player. I definitely have never seen a player take down a boss with it. Well, like, how many times have you had ninth level spells in a game? Oh, very fair. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't come up often. No, right. No. And so he did that. And then when you guys made the decision to, uh, I don't care what I can socket this into. Um, we're just going to get rid of this thing. And yep. uh, then we, so the final blow is done by a laser rifle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is pretty great. So that I was, dug it. That was really cool. And this was uh, with a lot of layer actions. This is with summoning a bunch of demons all over the place. The demons are, or devils, I should say. And they're all summoning each other. And that that That, got out of hand until it didn't. That was a lot. It was a lot. But, you know, if you're at the gates of hell and there's literally portals, how do you not have that, right? Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, I also played with the Z Bashu mechanics uh, where you use legendary actions to cause telegraphed damage. So they're auto hits if you stand in the fire, more or less. Yeah. But it, but it can move a little bit. So he was pulling pure fire out of the river sticks to like attack people. That and cool. uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It did help lead to a death, however. Right? Sure did. Uh, which didn't matter because you guys had well prepared for that. You had diamonds and revivify because 20th level cleric. Yeah. Cause you guys, well, and they're all t- level 20. So Moloch yeah. really never stood a chance at all. Um, Poor but man. anyway, there was a moment there where I was like, is he going to win this? Is he actually going to win this? But nope. I mean, at that point, the, the CR balance was so against you. Right. Like, because I don't even care anymore. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like, you you guys can handle it. And if you can't, you know how to get out. Yeah. Right. And so you can assess the situation and make a decision. And frankly, past like, I don't know, like level nine, it's like so inaccurate to what a party can actually handle anyway. 
you right. know, there's, um, and I mean, the, I won't get way into this, but um, friend of the show, uh, Mr. Dragna Carta, actually put together a revamped uh, system for calculating CR called CR 2.0. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very interesting. And I think um, I think you'd really dig it because uh, the people who've been testing it, like he put it up on Reddit and was getting tons of really good traffic on it um, because he realized the same thing that CR um, does kind of drop the ball, especially after a certain point. Um so anyone who is who has been maybe a little frustrated with how CR works, go look up uh, Dragna Carta's uh, CR 2.0 because it's very, very interesting. And I've been hearing lots of positive things. I'll have to try that out. I'll have yeah. to try that out because, yeah, I mean, the, the DMG rules on it really become irrelevant about midway through the game. Mm-hmm. Um though they're really good i would say i say they're pretty accurate in the beginning mm. uh, it's those, easy one stuff first few is levels. small you know you start getting into later levels though where you've got you know there's so many variables it's really so hard many to variables. measure yep right because it's like well now not only are we measuring like hit points and damage output now we're now we're also measuring well like how good is this class feature and how is it in this particular context for this bad guy like some fights i put up at you guys and they're nothing and other ones where i don't expect it to be a lot turns into a tpk yeah right and the you know it's just how do all of these things interact together which by the way is another piece of this puzzle right Mm -hmm. so one of them being i don't know the game i don't know what my character does i don't know what any of these buttons do and like I don't know what this spell does, so just but this sounds ignorance. cool. So I'm going to say it. Yeah. It's a, you know, just ignorance and that's going to lead to failure in lots of things. Yep. You know, cer- certainly in a game. Uh, the other thing I was going to say that's a little bit more understandable, but is still something we can work on is interactions with the game environment, right? Like, Oh yeah. There was that one time where, uh, you guys were in a magical pseudo reality, more or less. And then you cast um, uh, anti magic zone, mm. and then we so I flipped you out of there. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Which, by the way, I love that. So thank you. Um, <laughs> I I was like, <laughs> so, oh, you know, the, so that did happen. All right. We'll make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but we worked it out. Um, oh, you know, just, fun. I love stuff like that. Uh, some, you know, and it couldn't really depend on your GM too. Like if you cast fireball with some GM, they go, cool. Everything rolls, uh, a deck save roll 86. Okay. Here's the damage and we're done. Okay. Uh, other GMs go, well, you are in a, you know, wooden tavern in the middle of summer in the driest part of the year uh let's see uh 
Yeah, the whole thing's on fire and it's filling with smoke. You can't see or breathe, right? Like all of a sudden, oh, maybe I should have thought about that one. (laughs) I mean, like maybe the GM could have thrown you a courtesy. Are you sure? You know, because that's always very helpful. Yeah, but the GM knew it was going to happen and was like, I want this to happen. (laughs) Oh, well, well, in that case, you know. If the GM is like Loki asking for it, then I don't know how much that, you know. So this this gets into like respecting the game again, when like yeah. paying attention because you're like, oh, well, this is a, a war game and these are my buttons. And then you forget that it's like, yes, it it is that, but it is also a story. Yeah. And like the things that are here exist and the GM can certainly go outside what the rules specifically say, and they can do things that they think are reasonable. Right. 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 So if you want to interact with something a different way, that could be possible. Yeah. But there are also unintended consequences. You know, this, this is extra interesting to me um, as, as a little tangent here and um, maybe even a little bit of a, a tease or a spoiler for you for uh for fate school but when it comes to fate death is typically pretty it's definitely not impossible but in terms of the outcome of situations death is usually the least interesting kind of thing and the way fate handles encounters and this is something that we'll be getting into in episode three which will be coming up um, is that if you are taken out, that's the, the, the term they use in fate. Basically when you have no stress slots open and no consequence slots open to be able to account for stuff that happens to you, you know, being damaged or whatever. And an enemy hits you with something, does something that you don't have a way to mitigate, you get taken out. What's interesting about that is that it doesn't say you die. What happens is that the enemy gets to decide what happens to you. So whatever it is that you were going for, you don't achieve it because you basically are taken out of the scene And the enemy gets to decide, like, okay, I'm going to capture you and you're coming with us. And all of a sudden you are taken away from your buddies and isolated or that sort of thing, Um, where it basically becomes a new inciting incident for more drama. And on the flip side, if you notice that a fight is going bad, you can con- you can choose to concede, in which case you get granted a fate point and you get an additional fate point for every consequence you've taken during the during that encounter. And you get to decide what happens to your character, although you can't basically in the way you describe it it has to a get table approval so the gm and the other players can't go uh that's kind of ridiculous 
Um, so you have to get that approval and you basically can't rob the enemy of their satisfaction. Like they did beat you. It is their moment. You can't narratively take that away from them with Mm -hmm. how you describe, you know, um, the state you're in when you choose to concede, but you do get kind of some control over your destiny and how you leave that encounter. And I, I love everything about how that feels because it even takes something like death. You're the enemy could choose to go, okay, you know, I'm going to double tap this dude in the head. They could mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. But from a narrative angle, they probably won't. They'll probably use you to get something out of you or right. Because, and then also the story ends, right? right? Unless, exactly. unless you've got some sort of, deus ex machina that's right like around the corner like yep we're about to get the speech from our ancestors to believe in ourselves and then we do the anime yell and come back yeah um so i well one thing i will say though is like fate is not focused on tactics as a game that that's true that's it's not a war game it's there for everyone to really focus on that story aspect so That's this really more applies to like Pathfinder D and D um, and and games like that, where it's like, okay, we are moving around the grid, we are rolling dice, we are reading up on abilities. It's very frustrating, by the way, when when players won't learn abilities. Right, mm-hmm. with getting back to to that one. That's true. It's just like, dude, aren't you interested in this? Like, aren't you? Don't you want to know exactly how much power you can wield in a game? Like a lot of people just, yeah, I don't know. They just kind of don't look at it. Mm. And I don't, I don't understand that. That's so weird. Like I look, when I get to play a game, you can be sure I'm, I'm reading. Now I'll get things wrong. I'll misremember things, but I will definitely be reviewing it. And I will definitely try to get everything I can. Um, well, although I will intentionally take some L's for narrative sake. I think I, th- I, I don't know that I think that it's, quite as difficult to understand as 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 you're saying um, i don't know i'm not saying it is difficult to understand i don't understand oh you mean it's difficult to understand why people right won't do it oh i see what you to, mean okay to me i th- i think it's maybe a mix of cognitive load i think it can also come down to uh perhaps some disenchantment when it comes to the the actual campaign itself or um you know how how much you are enjoying your character mm-hmm. like maybe someone thought they'd enjoy a certain class that they chose early on mm-hmm. but have long since realized like this is just not what I would like to play right. but they feel but I mean, stuck like, in it but certainly sandbagging is not the, the the correct approach in this case, you know, oh, like, sure. you know, like if you want to play a warlock, let's just work that out. Right. That no problem. Okay. Like you finally realized that barbarian was never fun or interesting. Okay, fine. So let's, you may, you meet this guy. He's a fae something. And he says, uh, take this medallion and like, it'll give you power, I guess. Oh, what does it cost me? Your soul. All right, cool. Uh, here's some warlock powers, right? Let's like let's do it. But how many players do you think are out there 
who who don't really realize that it's okay to ask the GM that question. Well, certainly nobody who listens to this show uh, would think it's, of course you should talk to your GM. I mean, in communications, not only going to lead to unhappiness at the table, but it's also going to lead to uh, death. Right. Because again, that lack, because here's the, here's the last point I wanted to make. Um, Sometimes we're going for the big surprise moment. Yeah. And so nobody knows what you're doing. Oh, right. Yeah. So you go, I'm doing the setup and it seems like you're doing nothing or you're doing the odd thing. Cause we're, we even want it to be a surprise for our fellow players. And like, right. And I could totally get why you would want that. Right. But sometimes communication is good <laughs> and you may want to not be killed yeah. when you don't get your move to work. Cause also, the thing that you're trying to set up might not even be relevant by the time you get to it. Yep. Right. The, the, the variables of the, of the table might have completely changed by then. Yeah. You, you definitely do need to be adaptable. That's, that's one thing that playing lands of air has really, really taught me. Um, especially when playing a caster, like I, I have to say, at this point, I do feel much more comfortable playing a full caster. Well, than, I would hope you do. <laughs> than, than I was before. Um, yeah. And it it has been helpful to kind of um, keep myself, because to, to your point, it's very easy, especially as a caster, um, when you've got a bunch of different spells at your disposal, that can often do a very wide range of things. Anything from just different kinds of damage to full on, you know, altering the environment, situation, all sorts of stuff. Um, so it's really easy to look at those things and go, ooh, I could do this kind of crazy thing. And, oh, man, if I did that, I bet you everyone would be like, oh. God, and, you know, everybody wants that. But again, to to your point, stuff changes from turn to turn to turn. And the decisions that your fellow players are making can will have an impact on what you decide to do. And sometimes it can have huge impact to the point of like, oh, your buddy moved to this spot where you didn't think they were going to move. And now if you continue with your plan, they are in mortal freaking peril. So I think another word of advice I would give uh, akin to that is remember that your fellow players also are trying to do a cool thing, right? Yeah. Like they're trying to do a big moment and I hate when I see this and, and like, and I get the natural inclination to do it, but I hate when players Go, no, 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 no. I got another, I got a better idea. Uh, like if I hear something like that, I get irritated. Yep. Right. Like, no, you don't have a better idea. You have a different idea. You have a different idea. And don't, don't encourage another player to undo what they just did to follow your grand design. You should have right. communicated that on your turn in character. Right. It, is it your turn? No. Honestly, you probably shouldn't be talking. Yep. You know, and I, that, that's harsh, but like, honestly, when you say stuff like that, like I get pretty uppity. 
Oh, yeah. Not you, Andrew, but, you know. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I know people have said it to you, and I know you get, like, I can feel your face turning red through the microphone. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, like, uh, he don't like that. And nor should he. Right. Right? That's not very cool. You know. That's not very and, cool. And there's, there is nothing wrong with offering some help to your fellow players because, you know, frankly, even the best of us, Sometimes we will lose focus. Sometimes we will get distracted. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we, even if we're trying to pay attention, we miss certain things. So, you know, a little bit of friendly table talk is not the worst thing in the world. And, but usually you at the very least want to pose it as like, Hey, you know, can I make a little suggestion or, you know, something subtle where you throw it out there and you know basically put it in uh in the sense of take it or leave it you know just want to make sure you're aware that blah 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 is happening right now did you know maybe you didn't notice it i didn't notice it blah 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 um you know there's there's a way to be helpful without being a jerk or you know taking the wind out of someone's sails you know, gosh, I hope there's a way to be helpful without being a jerk. <laughs> so there are people out there who don't seem to realize that. OK. Oh, yeah. No, I know like, who you're thinking of, too. Right? <laughs> there's a list like, um, you know, push no, those glasses true. up your nose. And well, because know. some people they want to help because they want to help you and other people want to help because they want you to know how smart they are. Yep. Right. And that's very uh, obnoxious. Um. Yeah, so I, I would say uh, to, to kind of wrap things up, maybe not recap every point, but uh, what are the three top pieces of advice you would give to players to not die? Focus, communicate, and be aware of what's around you. All right. Those are really, really good points. So to not steal those points, I will say uh, know your crap. Know, mm-hmm. what, know what you can do. Um uh, the only thing I'll add to communicate is do so in character if possible and on yeah. your turn. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the third thing I would say is watch your positioning. Okay. Mm. Positioning is everything. Watching out for cones, watching out for blasts, taking cover behind pillars, but also not separating yourself too far from the rest of your party. S- Stuff like that that's going to put you in that situation. So what you know? you're saying is that combat in D&D is like real estate. Location, location, location. <laughs> yeah, it really is, you know. And don't stand on the fire. Don't stand. Right? That's that's a bad location, location. That location. is the bad location, right? In, in yesterday's game, the bad location is coming to you. So you need to move. You need to relocate. <laughs> and, and one thing that where I was kind of disappointed is at no point did anyone ever move someone else. Right. That was kind of too bad. Like nobody pushed someone else out of the way. Maybe the moment just didn't come up. But like, that's kind of what I was like hoping would happen. Right. And it's just, yeah, everybody was well, like, well, I'm out of the way. I mean, some people the- fa- failed to even predict how the thing was going to move even though it always moved in exactly the same way and they moved to a space where it was obviously going to land that, that I, I could not. And I was like, dude, you're dead. I don't know what to tell you. They're like, do I get a save? No. (laughs) 
that that was confusing me a bit too um although like to the to the to your um mention about like you know using push and stuff like that the where we where we were the the way you had the map set up the fact that there were those um those drop offs to either side of this like very narrow path and the fact mm-hmm. that like you were pretty clear that if you go down there it's basically some thin stone tiles floating on freaking lava like don't go down there it's bad 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 so yeah for sure yeah when that fire was coming down i was like yeah, I mean, it's kind of covering like everything. And if you try to get out of the way, you're just literally jumping out of the fire into more fire. So I I wasn't quite sure. Like the, that idea had crossed my mind, but I wasn't quite sure how to execute it given the map we were on. But there was, um, yeah, I mean, some of it would have been just like, let's get around the corner here. Let's right. use these jutting spikes as cover. Um, in some case, it was, it, it was, and some of these you did, like figuring out, like, I'm going to try to fly over it mm. when there's, when there is a height difference. There were some things where I had mentioned that they were going about four feet off the ground, mm. which m- meant that. Like, yeah, even if you're small, you really don't want to stand there. Right. But a player could easily go prone and have it pass over them. Mm. And and not once did anyone think of that. That All right. That's that's true. So um, but I mean it's okay. I mean, it was a new mechanic and you know, so I don't expect everyone to do it perfectly. It's just there were a couple of missteps where I was like, huh, I really thought you would I don't know, not stand there, but okay. I think, right? you know, for for the GMs out there, um, something that you can do to kind of help this too, and this is something that video games actually do a lot and they do a really good job of, is if you know far enough in advance about like a big set piece encounter, a big boss encounter you're going to have where you want to use, you know, a handful of interesting little mechanics um, that basically you want to see your players effectively get around, move around, that sort of thing. What you can do is basically train your players earlier in the campaign, like sessions mm-hmm. before, hit them with multiple situations that only use one of those mechanics and hit them, like, let them see that mechanic yeah. a couple times so that in the big moment, when it shows up, they, they know it's basically like rehearsal. And you go, mm-hmm. oh, I remember that time where we saw something like this. We're supposed to, you know, up, down, the- up, down, <laughs> you know. I think that in our case, what had happened was the I'm not paying attention mm-hmm. uh, problem where they're just they're not looking at the battlefield as it's changing. Therefore, they can't predict. Yeah. Even though it always goes the same way. Right. Because they're just like, well, I think probably I'm outside of it or I forgot that this moves. I just see yeah. that there's a box here because I just out all tabbed over. Right. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't mind if I kill a player that way. 
that's oh, yeah. fine. A, a player character, sorry. <laughs> I I will say, like, <laughs> last night when, um, after I had gone uh, ethereal and I was trying to set up my next move, originally I had planned to pop myself, like, behind the boss between him and the portal behind him. And then I actually did remember, like, oh, wait, he's been pulling a lot of bad mojo out of these portals. So maybe I'm going to go to the corner of that platform. Yeah, I saw saw that. Yeah. And I was very glad that I did that. I was like, oh, that that, could have been bad. Yeah, because that was another one of his tactics was throw someone into the hell portal. Yeah. Right. And so when I was like, please, someone stand next to a portal. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm. I'm glad I wasn't your Huckleberry for that one. Oh, but I did get to get revenge on you guys last night in one way that made me very happy. What's that? Um, uh, somebody triggered the symbol spell. Oh uh, yeah! I was so I was able to rack the invisible monk in excruciating pain for a solid minute. Just took her completely out oh, of the fight. Oh man! And that was really, really, really good for me because in an earlier session uh andrew had used symbol to ruin my life to great so, effect to great effect um symbols a hell of a spell y'all especially yeah. if you have some prep time and he had lots and he had lots of prep time and lots of money so yeah. he's able to pay for like lots of symbols all over the place and i was like well you can I do, ask for this symbol <laughs> can, can do so many neat things it's Oh man! So I'm, I don't I don't know what to tell you as a GM to not die. I, I think it's impossible. So oh yeah, <laughs> I think you're you're just gonna die. <laughs> it's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. But, all right. Well, I think that that is all we really got to say on yeah. that topic. Uh, I hope everyone stays alive for our next uh, show. Yep yeah. our our next episode should be episode three of Fate School. And uh, if anyone should all go well, yeah, if anyone listening hasn't checked out episode one and two, um, which overall are uh, season three, episode 37 and 38, uh, go listen to those and it'll get you up to speed. We've got links to a bunch of free resources and things like that. And um, basically, come join us to learn this cool new well not new system but new to us come learn this system with us in real time it's uh it's it's been a lot of fun and it's helping us to think about the hobby that we love so much in in very different ways um and those are those are things that you can bring to to the table even if you don't wind up playing fate um you can you know, you might get inspired to take a certain mechanic or a certain idea from fate and in, and try to integrate it, maybe even just part of it into your D&D games or Pathfinder or Starfinder or whatever the heck you're playing. Doesn't matter. Inspiration can come from all sorts of places. And that's why we're here, right? That's why we're here. That's well said. Yeah. So all that having been said, um, think about what we talked about on this episode 
check yourself and see if there are ways that you can improve your play so that you too don't die. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye. See? See? I'm so glad you did. The last two. Bye. Bye. See? Get. Oh, that was like a death rattle bye. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I thought it was just a tired Adam bye. (laughs) Death rattle summons a 1-1 skeleton that is also dead. Is that is that what a baby skeleton plays with? A, it's a, it's a hearthstone, hearthstone mechanic. Oh yes, hearthstone. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See you later.